What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Content is Profit. What's up, Fonz? What is up? We had an incredible guest today. What did he talk about? That's right. You sound so excited today, Fonz. What's I up? My, I, I'm using my deep <laughs> voice. What is up, baby? What is up? Well, today's guest, we had a conversation on how he actually advertised with Anderson Cooper and CNN just starting his podcast. Yeah, not just that. He also shared how on his first podcast, it took him 11 months to get to 10,000 downloads, but now... He can do that in just two months. I know. He shared like this underground secret on content on how he's splitting interviews and why should a lot of people consider doing that with their content. Absolutely. Enjoy. Have fun. Some fresh hey, I'm Luis. And this is Luis. And welcome to the Content is Profit podcast. In here, you're going to get the insights, accountability, and drive to create consistently and increase revenue. You'll hear from top entrepreneurs, creators, and anything and everything you need to know about content. All this while having a good time. That's right. The goal of this podcast is simple to entertain, educate, and turn your content into profit. Let's go. Welcome back. Fancy Fun Hacking Live was good. Yes, it was amazing. I feel like it's been a while since we did an interview, actually. I know. We've been like soloing. Soloing this soloing thing. Soloing this thing. For yeah, a- but we made a conscious decision. We're like, it's time to bring back the homies. All the homies are back. Exactly. So we have a homie back oh, today. Oh, boy. And <laughs> what are we talking about today, Fonz? Today, we're talking about monetizing your platform 10 times more than the industry average. Ooh, that sounds like this. That. Yes. Yes, indeed. Sounds like that. Sounds like, like 10 times. Sounds very sexy. Not going to lie. Sounds sexy. Very, very sexy. sexy. So we're going to uncover all the secrets. But uh, before you do that, go ahead and follow the show. If you're enjoying these conversations, go ahead and, you know, support Content is Profit. We love you. It's been amazing the past few months. The show has like quadrupled. So let's continue to grow, you know. That is right. Awesome. And he forgot the part where he says, and don't forget to follow Biz Bros at Biz Bros Co on that Facebook too. and Instagram. That, that too. That and too. if you believe today's episode, so it's going to help somebody move one step closer towards their goal. Please don't forget to share this episode as well. So we are back with another great guest. This time, one of the OG podcasters from the Hotspot Podcast Network. Not just that, but he is a brilliant marketer that averages 10 times more returns than the industry average. Not to mention that he has racked up over 3 million downloads. Impressive. He's the host of the MarTech Podcast and the founder of I Hear Everything a new media company that connects brands and content creators with their target audience. I hope you're ready. Please welcome brilliant marketer, Mm. the cupcake giver, Mm. and the one, but not only, yet the coolest one, Ben Shapiro! What is up? I have something for you guys, and it's not, it was actually a muffin last time, not a cupcake. Were you ready? What is it? Two ounces of light rum, two ounces of dark rum, one ounce of lime juice, one ounce of orange juice, half an ounce of passion fruit, passion fruit puree, half an ounce of simple syrup, a teaspoon of grenadine, a half a wheel of an orange, and a preserved cherry. You know what that is? Is that their drink of choice for today's episode? <laughs> Recipe for a hurricane. Yeah. <laughs> Let's, Let's go. go. That's awesome. I, We're going to have to put this recipe out. I know. For, sure. for those listening, it's. I think it's going to be Wednesday. Yeah. So, you know, <laughs> but if you're in Florida, prep. And uh, I mean, I think you should have that drink too. Yeah. You know, I, I'm just going to say clip idea for the pod. We're going to put you on the side, <laughs> sharing the recipe. And we're going to be, you know, bartender style, just <laughs> creating the actual drink drink and then giving a review right rating it one out of ten we'll see how good it is in case my mom's curious i'm, I'm not drinking <laughs> booze in the middle of the day i'm like my old man kombucha <laughs> look at that we're healthy in this podcast yeah it's so healthy <laughs> yeah i mean for once we don't have energy drinks right here on the screen but anyways ben we're uh, extremely excited that you came onto the platform we were part of your amazing podcast not so long ago mm-hmm. so thank you for allowing us to be in your house now you're in our house so i'm um, i'm excited <laughs> i should i take my shoes off at the door how's this thing work Absolutely. Whatever you want, you know, <laughs> where, you know, we party, we like music, you know, you like shoes, you don't like shoes, whatever you want. But you guys uh, record video. There, there might be kids running around in the background here. I'm working from home today. So it's even better. It is what it is. Welcome to post 2020 life. That's That's right. It's a family show. It's a family Sometimes. show. <laughs> yeah. Before we started, Ben, it's like, Hey, can I swear on your podcast? And we're like, well, you know, if it, if it feels right. 
That's yeah. okay. <laughs> Can I swear about kids on your podcast? No. Yep. It's all good. All valid over here. Ben, obviously you have an incredible platform, right? With, uh, with your shows, with your company, the way that you guys produce this amazing content. How did that start? Like how do, uh, what, what was the path to you becoming this like media mogul, I guess? <laughs> Not to make everything about booze, um, <laughs> but I had too many beers at a party. <laughs> And I got into an, a lift, and this was in like 2016. And uh, I decided I was going to be chatty Kathy and sit in the front seat of the lift and talk to the driver. Mm. And I asked him where he was from, and he had a relatively thick uh, Asian accent. And he said he was from North Korea. Mm. And it was a very thick accent, so I corrected, assuming that he misspoke his English and said, no, I think you mean South Korea. And he's like, no, I'm from North Korea. I defected from North Korea and escaped through China. And I got caught and I got put into a slavery camp and I escaped again. And I got shot at swimming across a river. And then I had to walk through multiple different countries and I defected to the United States. And now I'm studying software engineering. And wow. uh, I was like, this is an amazing story. I gave him my business card because people had business cards in 2016 <laughs> and said, if you want to turn this into a podcast, uh, I will record it and publish it for you because it was just an astounding story. And two days later, he was in my house. My wife was eight months pregnant and I had brought home, you know, my <laughs> Lyft driver from the weekend and started recording his life story. And she looked at me like I was crazy. And the next thing you know, I had uh, recorded and published the A Long Road Home podcast. Mm. And uh, that was actually how I got into podcasting. So it started off as an art project. I was just <laughs> taken back by this story. And that was kind of how I got started. Uh, probably not the question you were asking, but that's actually how I got into podcasting. No, I, uh, that's pretty I, cool. I love it. Yeah, because, you know, our, you know, fun fact, our first show was called Brews and Bros. And uh, there was beer included in there. Yeah, beer included. <laughs> Thank God we didn't continue that. We'll be alcoholics by now. Like plenty of, you know, extra computers because uh, second episode, I'm like, you know, pouring the beer on my computer by accident. <laughs> but uh, I, I love it, you know, and, uh, you know, from, from that point on, right? Like, um, was this an idea? Obviously, you, you label it as an art project. But mm -hmm. was your idea to grow that platform to monetize it? Or were like, hey, let's just start it and see where it goes. No, you know what happened was as I was trying to figure out how to promote a podcast, you know, by trade, I'm a marketer um, and I was running a marketing consulting practice. And so when I was doing my art project, I decided I was going to market a little. I was going to put a couple thousand dollars into trying to get people to listen to it. And maybe I would look for sponsorship, but I really didn't plan on it being a business. But I stumbled on this uh, tool called Knit. It no longer exists. Mm. But with Knit, you could buy remnant ad inventory from uh, a bunch of different podcast networks. So they like worked with CNN. Yeah. So I put $1,000 into buying a $1 CPM post roll on the CNN network. So like Anderson Cooper would be done with his podcast. And then all of a sudden it would be me being like, ready for your next great <laughs> podcast. It's time to listen to A Long Road Home. And it had a little 30 second sample mm. of the show I'd produced and said, wow. go to A Long Road Home or search A Long Road Home in your podcast app. And uh, and I got like a thousand downloads. Mm. So I spent a thousand bucks. I got a thousand downloads. I was like, oh, podcast marketing is easy. <laughs> and, uh, and that's kind of been the secret sauce ever since is that if you advertise in podcasts, uh, you tend to see your podcast grow. Now the media has gotten much more expensive, but if yeah. you could find ways to buy cheap media um, in podcast advertising, you can buy your way into that sort of seed audience, which starts the virality, which helps you grow over time. So once I learned that lesson, fast forward, it's probably two years. I was going through a little bit of a career transition. I was kind of not sure if I wanted to keep consulting. And one of the things I was doing was uh, I realized I was like out of networking contacts. I didn't have anybody else to reach out to yeah. that I hadn't already contacted to try to hire me as a consultant. And so I decided I was going to start another podcast. This was the MarTech podcast. Mm. And the idea was that the people who I was interviewing would be my consulting clients. Mm. Um, and this was just a way for me to start conversations with them. But I knew I had this trick to marketing podcasts Absolutely. in my back pocket. So I put a couple grand here or there into marketing this podcast. And the next thing you know, I had a pretty meaningful audience. And uh, at some point I realized that I, the audience was going to be more valuable than 
the leads that I was going to get from the consulting service. And so I turned the business into a media business. Yeah. That's awesome. That I, I love that story. So I was actually, I was listening to a few of your previous episode. I was under the impression that pre 10,000 downloads per month, you were marketing on a, on a more organic way, but it seems like you were paid advertising, advertising yeah. up front. I started with paid, um, which I, I don't know. I mean, I think uh, everybody kind of thinks that you have to grin and bear it and, and hope that people come and wait for the algorithm to find you. Yeah. But I kind of look at it as the opposite way. And this is sort of startup marketing 101. If you have yeah. some capital, you can pay to find who's interested in your products or services and, and get to figure out product market fit earlier. So I believe in having some capital to invest in marketing early on. And in parallel, you're doing your content marketing strategy because it takes six months to a year to have any meaningful content strategy really gain hold. You can produce content yeah. and keep publishing and publishing and publishing. Yeah. But it takes a little while for the algorithms to realize that you have credibility, whether it's Google, whether it's Apple and podcasts, Spotify, like they got to know you're serious, that you're dedicated. They have to see that people are engaging with your content mm -hmm. and that takes a little bit of time. Yeah. And so you can kind of cut the line a little bit by, by paying early. And, and that was my strategy for getting started. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we say growth takes, you know, either your time resource, the resource that is your time, right? You're going to sit down and grind and, and, you know, put your effort into organic content marketing, or you can use the other resource, which gives you a little bit more speed, which is cash, right? Their capital, you put it behind advertising reach a faster audience the third option there is like if you already have existing lists and a network you leverage the assets you already had so mm. for me doing the martech podcast i had a great network of marketers just from having been a marketing consultant working here in in silicon valley and sort of startup land and so i was able to go and talk to other people that had followings to get them to be on my show and, and that helped sort of get some virality and that mixed with the paid stuff helped me go from zero to about 10,000 downloads in less than our first yeah. year. That's awesome. You know how we call that? We call it, Opa. Really? <laughs> what? Yeah, the other people's audiences. <laughs> Opa. <laughs> I was like, what happened? Like, what is this Fonse, guy are you smoking? About? Yeah, what's going it's on? It's all here? good. It's all good, guys. I promise I'm, I'm not drinking. Um, I love it. Yeah, that is great, right? Utilize the assets that, that you already have. And honestly, that has been our journey mostly with Content is Profit is leveraging those relationships. And I find it very interesting, right? And we talk about this when we're at your podcast, kind of like the overlap where we use our podcast to connect with people that we want to work with, right? So kind of like bringing those leads that it might be difficult to, you know, kind of like get a conversation with just because, you know, there there's always a gatekeeper or there's something in there that might not let you get in touch with them. But a platform, it means, whoa, maybe a little bit increase of status, right? You're giving something in for them and then they're willing to come and you can have that conversation. And then um, the other thing is leveraging those people's audiences, right? Something that we did at the beginning, right? And probably we should get back to doing this. Just, yeah, take note about that. <laughs> is, right, we, we used to create guest assets specifically for them, not branded with our podcast. Like we would go, right? We would have our designer go into their whole um, brand and designed assets specific for them that would highlight them, that would have a call to action for them, right? And they would get so excited to receive those and actually share them that it would increase the value of their relationship as well. So it was it's pretty cool how I feel like the, the parallels between how you grew your yeah. podcast at first and how we are, you know, trying to do the same thing. Ben, yeah, of, and you're lucky because you have two people there. I was sitting in a room by myself. I was going to ask, sweating, yeah. Hoping that, boy, I hope this thing grows. My <laughs> wife is like super pregnant in the background being like, do something with your career. And, you know, here, here we are today. She was like, you're being too loud. In the other room saying, do something with your career. Yeah, I have a, I have a couple faults, right? Because obviously when, when we started, it was like totally initially also we decided to do the show as frictionless as possible. We're like, okay, we're going to build in the intro. And that, that continues to this day, you know, episode 320 plus. 
and same thing, we build the intro inside of the live stream and then that's what goes out. There's a little bit more production steps in there, but how do you figure out your content ecosystem, right? Like how, what was your progression as far as like, hey, I'm gonna do the interview and then uh, there's some content around it, then we do paid media, then there's some follow-up that you do. So obviously we've been through your entire process and <clears throat> sorry, um, I think so far that has been the most solid and amazing process that I've been through when being on another show. So I'm like, it's, it's pretty specific, amazing, personalized. You have amazing information in there, amazing options for the people that come onto your show. Uh, so how, how was that evolution? Was that something that you planned from like the very beginning? Uh, or is that something that has been evolving over time? There was nothing that I planned from the beginning. Um, <laughs> a lot of this was just feel and, and constant iteration. Um, so for anybody that's just starting out trying to figure out how to get into content marketing and you're not just, just do right. I started out with, a Oh, Oh crap. Chol Ryu is bringing his lift over here and I got to go buy two microphones and figure out how to <laughs> record in my living room to now I run four podcasts and I do this professionally. And that was over, I don't know. It's been like six years. Yeah. So, um, nothing was sort of figured out. I think that the process that I've always sort of relied on is, you know, at first you're doing everything yourself. The first episode I was figuring out how to record it myself. I was doing it in my home. I was setting up the mics. I was editing the content. I was figuring out how to publish it to iTunes. I was writing the show notes and quotes. I was publishing and I was doing the creative myself. I was doing all the marketing. I was blah, 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 blah. Oh my God. It, it, like a hundred different steps to starting a podcast. Mm -hmm. And I did every single one manually. Mm. And the biggest pain in the ass, excuse my language, <laughs> was editing, right? I'm like, I've got three hours of content and it took me three hours to edit the first 25 minutes. <laughs> this is going to take me forever. I got to go find an editor. And so I went on to Upwork and I found somebody at the time for $15 an hour. And I was like, hey, can you give me a sample of this? And then like two hours, he had done the same amount of work that I did and it was 10 times better. And I said, okay, I'm done editing. That just saved me 10 hours and it's gonna cost me about a hundred bucks to go edit this three hour recording that I did. Yeah, That's a good enough equation for me to just get this edited and, <laughs> and pay out of pocket for yeah. it. Yes, you have to have some capital to be able to find you know, some help, some freelancers. Yep. But for the most part, like even now with our team, I think our average rate and our freelance team is spread everywhere throughout the world. We probably pay about 10 bucks an hour, maybe even a little, a little less on average. And that's $25 for some editors to $5 an hour for somebody that's doing like list building. Yeah. So every step along the way, when you realize that there's something that you're doing that is just painstakingly awful, time-consuming, repetitive. Instead of doing it, write down what you're going to do and, and go find somebody else to do it and just automate that step in the process. Now, over time, I've gone from, I got to go find an editor. This is too painful. If I'm actually going to publish a piece of content, somebody else needs to polish it. To uh, We've got, I think, 17 freelancers around the globe that are yeah. editing, doing publishing, writing, list building, outreach, social media, you know, like there's different steps along the process. And we had to build a system to be able to coordinate between those 17 people to let them know which episode needs which task done at which time and when it's due and where to put it. Mm. And so honestly, my like big focus for the last year or so was building out this content it's called automation or this infrastructure yeah. that helps me help other people and brands be able to learn the lessons that I learned without having to go through the pain of it. It's using the same infrastructure that we have. And that was really just like, what's the hardest part here and who else can I get to do it? Yeah, absolutely. What will we... I love this, right? We're big fans of building your own process, like mm -hmm. for, for the same thing, you know, we're probably a couple of years behind you on the, on the, on the process, but it, that has been it we like I, i'm personally a, a tinkerer right so i there's a new piece of software i will play with it for like a whole month and then we'll roll it out to the team be like hey can you improve your times on this and then you know i'm by no means and technical at all so if i can conquer it anybody else can uh but you know we started that way and then 
they've been taking parts of it and making it so much better, right? We probably elevated it to a five and then they took it to a nine or a 10 and then it continues to, to move that. But for us, the route was how do we generate resources to be able to go on and hire these people, right? For us was attaching it to the service, the service cash flow initially. Uh, you went obviously the advertising way, if I'm not mistaken. So how, what's, uh, what's the advice? Because that tends to be the first thing that people look at when they decided to go for a platform like podcasting, they're like, Hey, let me publish. And then I'm going to go for advertising. What's your advice in that sense? Should go, should people go initially to, uh, to go to advertisers or should they tackle something else differently? I don't know if I could tell anybody what to do, right? It depends on what your business model is. It depends what market you're in. It depends what type of content, how fast your audience is growing. Like, there's so many variables into figuring out what your monetization strategy should be that I don't want to give advice on like, well, everybody should do CPM yep. advertising and take $50. It depends if there's a market for you. Um, I could tell you what my experience was. Um, when I was starting out with the podcast, somebody told me you can make more than beer money when you get to 10,000 downloads per month if you've mm. got a valuable niche audience. Mm. My show was the MarTech podcast. And it was professional marketers that use technology to grow their business. There's a lot of B2B SaaS companies that are marketing to marketers that are paying premiums to get in front of them. And I had, a, at that point, a meaningful sized audience. So I was like, all right, let's try to charge a premium for this. When uh, we started our sponsorship program, I got to 10,000 downloads a month in month 11. Now, when we're launching a podcast, that would happen in month two. Oh, wow. But- we took 11 months to get to what we figured was the point of monetization. And I said, all right, uh, the industry average is a 25 to $50 CPM. For those who aren't familiar with the CPM, it's cost per thousand downloads in podcasts. So I had 10,000 downloads. That's 10 units at $25 to 50. So 250 to $500 a month for my show. I was publishing at that time, I think it was a, a five times a week podcast. Maybe it was three times, but it was a lot of work to be able to create this podcast. And I didn't feel like it was going to be worth my time to go yeah. sell it to somebody for $500 a month. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what I did was I thought about who is marketing to this audience that's paying a premium. And I decided that anybody that was marketing to, at that time, it was the MarTech conference would be a good potential sponsor for the MarTech podcast. And what I did was I reached out to them and said, I'm the founder of the MarTech podcast. We rank number one when you search for the term MarTech in, um, in iTunes. And if you search MarTech podcast, we show up number one in Google. We've got 10,000 downloads and uh, we're looking for our first set of sponsors. Are you interested in you know, helping us continue to grow the show? And a couple people responded and said, sure, what you, can you do? And I said, well, we're going to sell our sponsorship packages at between ten dollars to $20,000 per month. And that comes with a quarter of our ad inventory. We've only got two spots. So that's 30,000 ad impressions. And then we'll do some content for you. We'll invite you to be a guest on our show. And we will record a single interview that is five episodes and we'll play them Monday through Friday. So you'll get a roadblock of our content. We'll do advertorial content mm. and sponsorship. And I'll, I'll talk about you on social media. We sold $25,000 of advertising wow. in our first. And I said, okay, I'm done consulting everybody. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Wow. What a, what a great way to do it. What a good way to leverage media beyond what most people you know would consider the the normal and um i think it's a it's a very smart way just to like bundle up all these different things right like hey i got the interviews for you i got the social media posting for you all these things to maximize the output and the results that they can get um and i'm sure the person listening right now they're asking themselves one question because this is since i heard it it hasn't left my mind and it is how do you get the 10K downloads per month in two months now, right? Because you said it took you 11 months at first and now like, now we can get that in two months. And I'm sure there's a lot of advertisement required in there, but you know, people are salivating, man. They're waiting. <laughs> Fonte, I already told you this. You, I, I buy my way in at first. 
Yep. Right? It, it sounds like, oh, you're cheating. Oh, no, no, no. I'm advertising the podcast that I'm creating, and we promote the heck out of the first couple episodes to gain that initial exposure, which shows a boost to Apple saying, oh, there's a bunch mm. of new subscribers for this podcast, which helps it to get it to rank in the app stores. And so you can sit there and be like, oh, we got one listener, two listener, three listener, five listeners, 10 listeners. And the signal that you're broadcasting to Apple when that happens is the show is growing slowly. When you come out of the gates and you have a big marketing campaign and you're coordinating with all of your speakers to do cross promotion and you're being very selective about who your first guests are, mm -hmm. then they do a lot of promotion. You get a bunch of subscribers up front. The algorithms say this podcast is new. It's noteworthy. Let's go. Let's get it to rank quickly because people seem to like it. And mm. so again, I'm buying my way. I'm yeah. cheating. I'm ending. I'm, I'm, you know, paying for downloads. I'm paying for advertising, uh, to, to promote the show and, do you do you is there such thing as advertising for subscribers or followers on podcasting or you can only advertise to downloads um no there's a couple different ways to do it um i think that you can there's services where you can buy downloads the the one that i like uh the most is called mopod um, and, you know, through the HubSpot podcast yeah. network, they've, they've helped us all connect to Mopod. They're great. You can yeah. go buy downloads. I think it's like 80 cents a download. Yeah. So, you know, if you're spending $8,000, you're getting 10,000 downloads and you can do that on your first episode. It's obviously very expensive to spend yeah. $8,000 on an individual episode. So we're basically spending that over a couple episodes to, to boost the downloads initially. I'm always a fan of audio advertising. The problem with audio advertising and podcast is the attribution is impossible. Yeah. Your ad is playing in someone's ear through another podcast. You don't know which podcast is. And then they are thumbing out your podcast name in the app store and, you know, listing and subscribing. There's no click for you to track. So you never really know when a conversion happens. And that's the risky part. Yeah. And there are some services where you can go and, and try to market and say, hey, subscribe to my podcast. People have tried social media. There's programmatic advertising campaigns where you can try to buy subscribers as well. My understanding is that to game the app store, and I shouldn't say game, to boost your ranking in the app store, it's it's primarily about the number of new followers you're getting. Mm. Um, and so you want people to subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. I cannot say that in subscribe, <laughs> Three times. subscribe, subscribe. <laughs> and it's not even subscribe anymore. It's, in yeah, Apple, it's now follow. Yeah, follow But in the you show. You want people to follow your podcast. Yeah, interesting. So the other day, I'm sorry, Hannah, I know you want to say something uh, there, here. There's a section here of the show called uh, Fonzie Choke the Mic. So clearly right. we're, we're in it right now. That is right. At least we didn't <laughs> knock it over this time. Um, <laughs> you know, the other day I was actually just one of those thoughts that just got into my mind. And actually I texted it to you today. Yeah. And it was kind of like, I named it intermittent uh, launch, right? So let's say you have a podcast like ours that you've already been producing it for, let's say, about three years. And then you want to cause that effect that you just talked about, right? A lot of people talking about it, spiking downloads, get it up in the, in the rankings. Would you go about the same way, pretty much like relaunching the show? Is that a thing? Have you done that before? No, I would never relaunch a show. No. I, the, the, the feed is established. You want the same feed to be existing for a long period of time. You want to show that you're consistently publishing, that you have a large follower base. Those are all good signals for Apple and Spotify's algorithm to say that this is a credible podcast that we should be promoting. Yeah. You also need to show velocity of new subscribers, right? And so when you have credibility and a bunch of people that are following the show in real time, that's the signal that's, this is a good show and people are interested in what they're doing now. Boom, you're up in the rankings and then you start to get people searching and finding your podcast. And that's what people think is organic, but really what you're doing is you're doing marketing to boost yourself in the charts. Yeah, I think when Fonzie mentioned to launch the show was like probably the same feed, right? Yeah, It's just feed. like, how do we, like on the promotion aspect of mm -hmm. launching the show, right? Like 300 plus episodes. Yeah, everything I've ever done has been a daily podcast. And in the MarTech podcast, we're literally publishing seven days a week. Uh, nice. It's not new content on the weekends. We republish some of our greatest hits because most of what we're doing is evergreen. So that's kind of our little hack. And the other one is, uh, you know, this also goes back to, 
it depends what your goal is. What every podcast is a little different. For me, marketing podcasts when you're talking about complicated technologies and strategies and how they all weave together, I can't listen to it for more than 15 minutes. So why should I expect somebody else yeah. to do that, right? So we make relatively short form content. So what I'll do is I'll get somebody on my podcast for an hour, but I'll record three episodes in that hour and I'm publishing them you know, three days in a row, Monday through Wednesday, for example. And in between those episodes, at the end of episode one, I'm saying, hey, if you wanna hear the second part of my conversation with the biz bros, come on back tomorrow when we talk about a different topic. And I'm giving someone a reason to press that follow button yeah. because they yeah. liked the speaker and they wanna engage with more content. And so that gives people that reason to follow. Yeah, when uh, when do you identify that shift, right? Because uh, obviously, it, was that something uh, on purpose, right? Or was it something like, oh, like, by accident, made sense. Let's go. No, I'm I'm nothing but data driven. So that was a I was looking in Apple Podcast Connect, and I was looking at how much of my episodes people were listening to. And if you go back and you listen to the first episode of the Martech Podcast, yeah. it's like an hour long interview. What a piece of art, you know. <laughs> Nobody ever listened to the last three quarters of it. So I'm like, yeah. why am I doing this? If people are only listening to 25%, I must be terrible at this. Mm. Well, I don't know. I mean, let me just see if I cut it in half. Maybe it's not me. Maybe it's just, it's too long. Yeah. And yeah. so I took one of the episodes I already recorded and just, you know, kind of hacked it in half and I didn't have any in between and no promotion between the two, but all of a sudden it went from 25% of the content to like 50, 55% of the content people were listening. So the shorter the episodes, the more people were listening through them. And it's not just, they were always listening to 15 minutes. It's like when I made the episodes 18 minutes, they actually got through 95% of it. Wow. And so they were listening to more of the episode by percentage, the shorter they got until we got to about the like 15 minute mark. And we're like, okay, mm -hmm. people are really listening to like 90 ish yeah. percent of all of these episodes. We don't want to cut them again. Yeah. Makes sense. Well, I think in, in, in honor to, to that, we probably should, Splice this one up <laughs> and just do two episodes. Yeah, let's stop here. Come back tomorrow. All right, everybody. <laughs> Peace. Uh, no, I I absolutely love this. Right, we obviously mm -hmm. we've been looking at a lot of the data. The first like six months we looked at no data, and then the next like year or so we looked at little data, and then obviously when we joined the network, it was like okay, time to put the big boy pants and and start looking at these things, right? Because the priority for the podcast we assigned little resources to keep it going but it was to get the, the guests and the experience. So we really focused on the experience. On and our consistency. We, I mean, the yeah. first Bruce and Bros only, only lasted five episodes, you yeah. know? So our track record wasn't that good. So it was- But your, but your goals are different, right? Your yeah. goal is to get people on the podcast so you could build a relationship with them. So yep. you do want longer content because yeah. you're, I mean, obviously you care about your audience, he, but yeah. the monetization strategy for your podcast is- through the the speaker, not the audience. Absolutely, yeah. and and obviously, there's a lot of pluses, right? That 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 we gain from something like that. We developed the the entire content ecosystem process that we have internally, and then we do with a lot of people, right? We developed a lot of frameworks, right, that are allowing us to help other people that want to start this thing, right? There's there's a lot of plus in, into that, and we're okay with it, right? When and, and I think this is something that every time we go to events, right, the first answer is like, the first question is like, how big is the audience or how big this thing? And even though that has a ton of benefits, like you said, in the, depends on the business model that you have. And for us, I think that has been uh, a peace of mind just initially detaching from that because uh, it just gave us the freedom to really do and create an experience that it was very uh, valuable for everybody that was coming into the platform. Mm -hmm. And uh, we've received a ton of good feedback. And then the last few years, sorry, the last few months, what we've been looking at is like that seven day kind of stick rate into like how many downloads and then the 30 day and obviously the completion rates of it. And that has been something that, that we do. So we've, we've been looking at like, what are the headlines that people are really attracted to, right? Well, was the headline really good uh, on top of the 30 days, but uh, are people actually listening to the entire thing? And that has been pretty interesting, right? Depends on, on the speaker, depending on like the mood of Fonzie in some days too, like <laughs> when he's like, oh crappy, people just like jump off, right? They're like, no, we're not doing this. So uh, I, I think that people have to definitely start looking into it, at least with an eye of education. What uh, behind data, like what some, some, some things that people can start looking for, you know, besides that seven day and that 30 day report that you recommend it, it, people to look into. 
it makes me mad because everybody looks at downloads, right? How big is your show? How many downloads you have? Um, you can go onto LinkedIn and you can look for podcast downloads and find a million people that are going to basically use bot traffic to go spam downloads and no one will ever know that they're not actually real people that are listening. Uh, yeah. Congratulations. It's you've bought crap traffic. Good for you. You've got a huge show that has no value to any of your sponsors or any of the people listening or any of the people that are on it. You've now cheated the system. That's what downloads are to me, right? They're, they're yeah. the equivalent of getting a, a file on a device. It's not a listener and it's not a listen. Yep. Um, there's a couple of different services that I like in terms of podcast analytics. There is no silver bullet. There's no, uh, you know, one fit size fits all. Um, Apple released new metrics this past year yep. where they not only give you your uh, subscribers or followers, they give you your listens and your listeners, um, which is a good proxy for how many people are listening, who is listening. Apple isn't the whole universe. For me, it's 65-ish percent of my audience. Yeah. Uh, but it's a good indicator of, you know, is your follower base listening and are is that growing? Uh, Chartable is another good service. Um, they not only help you understand if you are ranking in the uh, podcast charts, um, but they also will give you some demographics about who's listening to your podcast. So like when I do my sales pitch uh, to potential sponsors, I bring up Chartable and be like, look, it's $250,000 annual household income is the vast majority of our on audience. And then there's this other chunk that's like 75 to 150,000. Pretty much everybody went to college and they're 28 to 44. So if I'm extrapolating what that data means, they're mid-career to executive level educated people that are listening to the podcast. Yeah. Now let's go look at my LinkedIn profile. Look, everybody in my LinkedIn profile has the title of marketer. So they're <laughs> mid-career to late-career marketers. That's how I'm describing my audience. Absolutely. Um, I'm trying to think of what other data sources there are that are useful. Um, there's attribution platforms like pod sites and, um, Veritone that, uh, that can help you try to figure out when you play an ad, how many of those people are getting to a website. Mm. I think it's directional at best, but some yeah. people think it's gospel. Um, yeah, I mean, for me, it's all, you know, downloads are a, a nice proxy for show growth but it doesn't tell you if somebody's actually listening and then you got to go into the individual apps to figure out what your audience looks like. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Uh, something that I really, that I really love what, that you mentioned earlier was to like the, the approach for the whole ecosystem, right? Like uh, when, when you went and to get this advertising and uh, in the last few months, we've been running some tests for some micro content that we produced probably like a year or so ago. And it was just sitting on the drives and we we're like, Hey, let's just like put it out and see really what happens. Right. And we started, it was the same content across different platforms. We did YouTube shorts, Instagram reels, LinkedIn, Facebook, e each piece of content, each platform had their individual tracking link and see what happened. Like what was the traction, right? So what happens with people at TikTok? Like how do they consume content? Do they actually consume content? Do they actually transfer to a podcast? Right. And, um, I think that's something that, these, these kind of experiments, I feel like everybody at least should try a little bit to to do something like that. And what we discovered, right, in our specific case, Instagram is a lot less rich organically, but every single person that clicks that link transfers into a follower of the show. And we're like, wow, that's pretty interesting. And then TikTok and Shorts is massive exposure, but they don't transfer. They don't transfer to listening to the show, right? So I think that's, that's super interesting when companies um, start looking into, okay, how can we cross promote? How can we like, where are we actually investing our advertising uh, money, not only on audio platforms, but also on video platforms. And are we expecting to transfer that data into, or that listener into, into the show? Um, I think those, those experiments are very specific, obviously to the show and the content. And there's so many variables, right? But I feel like these experiments are very important to start understanding what the universe of your content, like who can you actually reach? Have you conducted some of these experiments outside of audio, right? That that have gotten uh, awesome results for you? Yeah. Um, yes, I've tried them. No, I haven't figured it out. I <laughs> yeah. I think that there's this sort of Gary Vification strategy where you're taking your long form content and you're creating short form content and you're distributing it out, distributing 
just I cannot talk today. <laughs> Is that hurricane drink you got going on over there? It's kombucha. It's, it's making my tongue stick to the roof of my mouth. Um, I should switch to beer. Uh, everybody's creating like all these like micro pieces of content into all all these different social media channels, and that's great for growing lots of different followings in lots of different places. It's good for getting audiences to know who you are. My feeling is it's challenging getting people to migrate from one platform to the next. I'm yeah. on Instagram. Am I going to then bounce to my podcast app and follow? That's a lower conversion rate than if I'm in the podcast app. Yep. How do I follow and, and engage with another podcast? So everything that I've tried in marketing that I've found to be the most successful is getting the listeners to subscribe when they're in the podcast app store, when they're in podcast mode. Um, it just seems like the marketing challenge for me, finding marketers who listen to podcasts. Well, if I'm in a podcast app, I've got 50% of the solution done. Yeah. So that allows me to then basically broadly by run of network, because I know I'm getting podcast advertisers, then I can buy cheap media that spreads across a lot of different people. Yeah. And I'll, you know, when you cast a wide net, a lot of fish are going to get through, but you'll hopefully catch the ones that you want. Yeah, absolutely. It's a fishing metaphor and I know nothing about fishing. So. <laughs> uh, yeah, I fished maybe once, uh, Fonsi too, and uh, he lost the, yeah, the he fishing lost rod. Fishing rod. <laughs> no, but no, no good, yeah. I'm not going again. Not happening. It makes you feel better. I fished once and I dropped the bait in the ocean. <laughs> and that's it. Yeah, my, my fishing rod was of the principal of my school. Yeah. It was like this like nasty canal too where we were fishing. <laughs> And like, I messed up the fishing rod just goes in the water and I were kayaking and I literally just like <laughs> dove from the kayak into the water, like, bam, <laughs> next thing I know, pink eye. <laughs> yeah. So don't take our advice when it comes to fishing. Yeah. Yep, that was a bad metaphor, but the marketing <laughs> stuff, I know what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah. The, the marketing, yeah. Once or twice in there. Mm -hmm. uh, this, then this has been incredible. Thank you for, for yep. sharing all the secrets, the numbers, you know, a lot of people sometimes are like, oh, overprotective or these things, you know? Yep. So I, uh, I, I heard an episode that you did, it was like back in 2018 and you were reporting numbers. You're pretty open with the numbers and sharing your goals and all that stuff. I couldn't find any recent one or maybe you I know, didn't scroll it, long enough, it's, but it's so much work to do the solo episodes <laughs> and, and I really need to get back to it. Cause honestly, they're probably the best episodes I've ever done on the MarTech podcast where I'm like, Hey, here's what we're doing. Here's what's happening with the business. Here's all the like actual real marketing we're trying. Um, and, uh, it just, uh, we started scaling so quickly and we started doing, multiple podcasts yeah. that one of the things that I had to cut just to keep myself sane was that one like special me talking to the audience episode. And so now yeah. everything I've been doing this year is trying to get all the stuff off my plate, like ad sales and, you know, sort of administrative stuff so I can get back to doing what I did three yeah. years ago and producing great content. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, it's still, it's still wearing content, right? I was just curious if, if there was like a, a different reason behind it, right? Like maybe those episodes didn't perform at all and you're like, I'm it's just wasting my just time here. Putting my thoughts together and being able to state them articulately is so much more time consuming <laughs> than having somebody else that's smart talking about what they know and me just asking to get a high level question and they just talk and I feel like people think I'm smart then. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, when all I'm doing is being like, so tell me about what it is you're an expert in. And then all right. of a sudden everybody thinks yeah. I know what hey, I'm talking the, about. The best way to be interesting is to be interested, right? Um, and I, I feel, I feel yeah. that's the same for us. Every time we gotta do a, a solo episode, there's so much friction in between. We're like, okay, who's gonna do it? Let's let's put this together. And then it's like 8 p.m. It was like, are we actually gonna do it? Sure, let's let's hustle and, it. And it's and it's funny, right? Because it's it's about things that we're passionate about. We like it. We see it every single day, right? We consume that kind of information. This is what we do for our business. But then when it comes to okay, maybe it is a 15 or 10 minute setup, right? I think we got it down to about like 15 to 10 minute set up to actually go out and produce something that we feel okay publishing but we had uh we had gary on the show two, uh, two or three episodes ago and he does a daily four minute podcast and he was telling us that right now that's that takes about an hour and a half the whole re all the research all putting it together he's very very high quality yeah. it's like uh, a news-based podcast too so. and uh Vanderchuk. 
No. <laughs> Gary Spurgeon. He's a he's a local podcaster here. He actually had the first uh podcasting studio in North Florida. Yeah, he's been in radio uh, broadcasting for 40 years. Yeah, so he was working us through his new process, right? This is not the first show that he that he launches, but it was pretty interesting, right? And for a lot of people out there, that might add some friction at the beginning. That's why we're so such fans of like lower the friction on the production side of things, right? Mm-hmm. There's tools out there that allow you to record very high quality stuff. But then also on the interviews, like how can you have that conversation with people and start putting episodes out there? And we had the conversation, I think Ben with you, like uh, at the at the conference in podcast uh, movement with like John Lee Dumas and he's like, daily podcast, right? Do not interview people. And in my head, I'm like, oh my gosh, okay. That might be like a great advice, but at the same time, it's like, that's so much friction. Like how? Like just like, just trying to think about it. And you know, for us, we had a ton of stuff on the business side, like, on the service side, we're trying to figure out like how to sell things, like what, what to sell. Like this is like three years ago. And for us, I don't think that would have ever happened if we never started interviewing yeah. but, and having conversations. But I think you got to look at it as well. He said daily, don't interview people. But again, like the goal of that podcast, I feel like it would be totally different than, you know, what you Ben are, are trying to do with selling the advertisement. Um, I think that the real answer is go figure out what works for you. Yeah. I do advert, I do advertisements. I do interviews and I've done solo episodes, solo episodes and the solo episodes were so much harder for me to do. So I gravitated towards interviews. You know, some people might feel like interviews are challenging or they can't find the right guests. And so they're better just doing solo episodes. Great. Go do that. Uh, You know? There's yeah. lots of interview podcasts. There's also lots of solo episode podcasts. You got to figure it out yourself. Yeah, it makes sense. Did the, the other podcasts that you mentioned that you guys are producing are yours? Like, are you the the co-host or host of those shows as well? Um, I am. I was the only host of the Voices of Search podcast for about four years. And now we are moving to a co-hosting model where we've got a couple different voices of the voices of search nice. truth be told it's an seo podcast and i'm not an seo so i was faking it for like years <laughs> and now i've got actual seos that are you know real practitioners that are doing the hosting yeah um and then the other two podcasts that we have the revenue generator podcast oh, it's hosted nice. by uh, doug bell who's the cmo of lean data and then we're launching the rebrand podcast this month and that's uh, Scott Harkey is the founder of an agency called OH Partners. And that show is going to be awesome. It's all like big brand marketers talking about how they ran their brand campaigns, like mm. the CEO of LifeLock and why he decided to give away his social security number in an ad. So I'm <laughs> really excited about that. That's <laughs> pretty cool. So are those podcasts like owned by your company or those two last ones, for example, that you did are like clients? So... I own the IP of all of those shows, which doesn't have to be the case for, you know, when we work with companies, some of the negotiations we're having now, companies are saying, create a podcast for us, but we want to own the IP. It just is kind of a a negotiation factor. If we own the IP, then we can sell the advertising space for it. Um, And if somebody else owns the IP, then, then we don't want to sell the ads. Um, But yeah, we, uh, we, we do have a content as a service model. So the last two, shows that I mentioned are part of our content as a service where companies are hiring us to produce content for them. Nice. And then we own the content, but they're the, the sponsors of it as well. Cool. Got it. Yeah. That sounds pretty cool. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, uh, I hope it works. <laughs> yeah. Good luck. Keep us posted. <laughs> uh, ben, this was amazing. Again, thank you so much for, for coming on. We have a couple questions left, two more. Uh, one is okay. like, where it like, an action point. The first. Hispanic goodbye, you the, know. The he's saying goodbye, goodbye and then he's like, but I got two more questions. I mean, that, that, <laughs> don't go. that is a thing. That is a thing. I know you want to go drink your hurricane drink. It's okay. Uh, or a beer. <laughs> but where, for somebody like a company, for example, that they're starting a publishing platform, whether that's a mm-hmm. podcast or anything, what would be something that they can do today to move that forward? What's an action point for them? Um, if you're just getting started and you're figuring out what your content strategy is, um, I think the first thing you need to do is think about who your audience is and where they're consuming content and what format of content resonates in that channel. If I am selling t-shirts to 16 year old females, I'm not going to create a podcast that skews older and male. I'm going to be creating a TikTok strategy to build authority and influence and show off my my clothes. If I'm trying to reach marketers 
that are 45 years old, they podcast long format content like that makes a little bit more sense. So start yeah. by thinking about who you're trying to reach, what content resonates them and where the communities are aggregating. And then you go from there and try to figure out what you need to do to actually build the content. That's awesome. And then, man, where will you be if you never published your first episode with the North Korean taxi driver? Oh, where would I be? Um, I probably would have got home about 10 minutes earlier. Um, <laughs> You're like, keep going, keep driving around the block. Gosh, you know, I was a little lost before that. I was working as a marketing consultant. You know, I probably would have gone back in-house and worked as a marketer, got a real J-O-B, and gone and worked at some sort of a growth stage pre-IPO, you know, 100 million trying to get to a billion dollar company, being some sort of uh, manager, director of marketing, um, which would have been fine. I think this is a little more exciting and probably a little bit more suited to my skill set, but I don't know, probably would have had a real job. Mm, scary. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> For some people, uh, yeah. Fonzie over here is unemployable. Tell me <laughs> Even here at Bizarro's, guys. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's a prostitute. Uh, that's, that's awesome. But anything else that you want to add before we head out? I love you guys. You're doing such a good job, and I know Thank you're you. just getting started. I, You're so much fun. Uh, it's great to hang out with you. I'm so glad we're all part of the HubSpot podcast network. And honestly, this is the part that I love about being in a network or, you know, starting to build a community is that we actually get to see each other and know each other. So, yep. you know, you guys ever want to come back on the MarTech podcast, you know, or just hang out, give me, give me a shout. I, I, I would love to find other ways to stay in touch. Absolutely. Dude, absolutely. You're going to see us there in California. We're going to be like, <laughs> Who's here it's at 12 p.m.? It's start raining any minute. You better hurry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The, the Fonzie, this was the week to go, man. Come on. What happened? Uh, anyways, Fonzie, anything else you want to add? I just thank you so much for first the kind words and then all your wisdom that you, you shared today with us. And same, doors are open whenever you want to come back and we can continue the conversation. Go maybe a little more into the nitty gritty of running the business. I think that would be really cool too as well. See how, how you guys operate in there and, you know, dominate. Um, but yeah, I'm just grateful. Thank you, man. Sign me up. Yeah. All right, guys. With that said, thank you so much for tuning into the Contents Profit Podcast. Go ahead and follow the show in your favorite platform and on social media at Beast Bros Co. That is right. And if Ben Shapiro, the good one, the, the good cool one, one, the good one, help you move one step closer towards your goal, please don't forget to share this episode and, and leave a five-star review. See ya. Bye, guys.